Hi, I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together, we're Lippy and Grumpy Do Podcasting. In this episode, listener feedback, not too much news to be honest, some best sandwiches and Christmas cards. Now, Lippy, we've had quite a bit of feedback from uh, last week's episode. Oh, we have. I've seen a bit of it. You've seen a bit of it, and I think something may have got you a bit riled. I was, to be honest, I'd had half a bottle of Prosecco, so I was a little bit not myself anyway. But yes, one part of one of the emails did... Uh... Just just touched the nerve, did it? Mm, a little bit. Yes. It also fueled a bit of a discussion here about whether the wife of Grumpy, let's say, listening mm. to Radio 1 was an attempt to uh, recoup her youth. Apparently not, but uh, <laughs> I'm not See, that convinced. One, that one I, I do agree with, but Radio 1 playing bad music is not necessarily the case. Well, I think it's all subjective, isn't it? Well, it is, yes, and I think Radio 1 is meant for younger listeners. It's not meant to cover all age ranges, but I think it definitely is a is a touchy subject. Definitely a touchy and subject. In my opinion, you know, I don't like a lot of Radio 2's music, and I don't like a lot of Radio 1 music. I'm at the age where I'm in the middle of Radio 1 and Radio 2, and sometimes I'll switch on Radio 2 and I'll be a song that I really enjoy on there, and then... Anything past seven o'clock on Radio One, I don't listen to because it's not my type of music. But just because it's not your type of music doesn't mean it's not good, necessarily. Yes, but it's a generational thing. It is, definitely. You hear the nonsense coming out of the radio and you say it's nonsense. It is. And it will be something I'll probably end up saying when I'm a lot older, because I'm still pretty young. Unless you're trying to recapture your youth by listening to Radio One. Which is, uh, we can agree on that. That's definitely something Mum does. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, to pick up on some of Davroth's other points, because he's been banging on this for a couple of weeks now and we've not said anything, uh, his favourite Christmas song seems to be Wizard rather than Slade. So that's hopefully put that one to bed. Uh, he also goes on about soap, definitely in favour of bars of soap rather than squidgy things more of a fan of wright's coal tar soap which is one of my favorites too smells a little bit like a bitumen oh it sounds like tar no, it, it sounds is. like you're rubbing the road on you pretty much yes oh interesting yes without the downside of gravel rash uh, he then goes on to a rather detailed explanation of camping at the the local showground for classic car show that Lions Club organises once a year, well obviously not this year, uh, which I can't go into. It involves a, um, a two-pint milk carton. <laughs> so let's that's, that's, yeah, just leave that let's there. Avoid that. Uh, and clearly quite keen about a guest slot. I think that would be a very interesting episode, to be honest with you. I feel like there would be a very good debate. I think there would be probably quite a bit of mindless arguing. <laughs> uh, I'm good at that. (laughs) So, Davros, bring it on, as they say. And uh, two other listeners have got in touch. There's a chap I'm going to refer to as the Screaming Tomato, and he knows exactly why that's the case. Got in touch from Australia, of all places, uh, to talk about camping. And he's considering buying a teardrop caravan. Now, whilst I was a little dismissive about caravans last week, and Mm. generally I am, I think the teardrops are brilliant. More of a trailer than a caravan, isn't it? It is more of a trailer, you're correct. Uh, And it's a groovy shape as well. So Mm, teardrop caravans definitely get the grumpy thumb. The orange marshal, and again, this was camping. 
and was explaining a slightly embarrassing incident at a campsite uh, in Swanage. Most of the campsites are on a slope, so it involves quite a bit of uh, ramping, which we discussed mm. last week, and, and general malarkey with caravans and camper vans. Uh, he managed to wind the jockey wheel so far down it dropped out, and then had to go and find somebody with a jack to jack it back up again to, to reapply the jockey bill. Oh, so no. uh, never been back since. So obviously just too embarrassing, really. Yes. So I have to say, not a great deal's happened in the last week. It's, no. it's been pretty event-free, really. Yeah, same same with us. I've, uh, we bought a brand new telly box, a nice 49-inch Black Friday QLED something or other. Very good. You've got all the technology bits down yeah. to uh, fine art. Had nothing to do with me. I didn't pick it at all. My other half put a lot of time into some research, but once he picked the TV he wanted, it was bought, and we then had to go and pick it up that evening, all the way about, it took us about half an hour to get there. I do so. like a decisive uh, decision, if you see what I mean. Yes. So, go to buy a television, I spend lots of time researching it, that's the one I want it now. Yeah. Very good. Well, the main the main reason, because we were going to wait until Black Friday hit, because we thought they may do some last-minute extra something in. But actually, with Curry's, they've got a seven-day price match guarantee, so if they change the price, they refund you. So it works out well for us. It means we definitely got the TV we wanted. So, mm-hmm. Lots of little jobs to do, so it'd be nice to be outdoors and uh, not in yeah. the rain for a change. Yes, the last bit of sun, I feel like, as well. It's meant to get a bit horrible again. Yes, there seems to be a lot of forecasts suggesting it's going to get cold. Mm. And I I've think seen a few about snow, but I think that's just a bit rubbish. If it was in the Daily Express, they tend to run that story from early October through to probably May, actually. I, I think I saw one at the end of August. Yeah. It was like a when to expect snow in your area. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice bit of clickbait, as they say. Yes. That's it. I definitely clicked on it and had a look, obviously, because I love snow. Yes, quite. Yes. Well, not when you have to drive in it. Oh, no, but now that the snow tyres have been given a go, you know, I actually don't feel like I'll have a panic attack next time I have to drive in the snow. No. Well, just to point out, it wasn't snow tyres. They're a thing called oh, snow, sorry, yeah. socks, snow socks. Snow socks. A bit like a snow chain in effect. Mm. Uh, pop over the tyres. And you're the first to use them. We've had them in the back of our cars for about... Six years, I think, since mm. we had the last load of snow in Surrey that just ground to a, everything to a halt. So you are the first to use them, and they were yeah. very effective. Oh, they were... Honestly, I was not having a good time. I was having panic attacks. I was running out of petrol. I didn't have a phone charger. I'd been driving. It takes me 20 minutes to get from work to home. And that night, I'd already been driving for an hour and I wasn't anywhere near. And then I'd been told that there was a lorry stuck on the hill I needed to go on and that nobody could get past. And, oh, it's just a nightmare. But those snow tyres, I put them on, I pulled out of the petrol station, and my car moved. And I literally went from panic to just glee. Again, we are talking about snow socks, not snow tyres. Oh, yeah, snow tops. They're not the same thing. (laughs) They're similar. I drove in the snow and it was great. And I felt like I was driving past people like, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you see, that sort of smugness is really bad on the karma. Yeah. I'd had enough bad karma getting to that point, I think. so. Well, there's no point cashing in against it, if you see what I mean. Shorting (laughs) the karma. True. So top tips for winter driving from Grumpy and Lippy are Mm. 
set snow of snow socks. socks. Make sure you get the right size for your wheels and tyres. Uh, plenty of petrol in the car. Don't let it go down to empty. Make sure your mobile phone is topped up. Or, or have, have a charger in the car. Charger in the car. And it doesn't hurt to have some extra clothing, a shovel and something mm. to eat. I had snacks and a warm coat. Very good. So I, that side of things, I was prepared. Yes. Friend of mine, this must be 40 years ago, driving home on the M5 and got mm. caught in a blizzard and just couldn't go anywhere. And they were there for, I think it was six hours in total. So you can't mm. have the car running for, for six hours. Oh, he didn't have enough petrol because typically his cars never had any petrol in them. Uh, on one occasion, he had his car stolen and it had so little petrol in it, the thieves got 100 yards down the road before it conked out. <laughs> so, anyway, back to the M5 story. So he had, he was coming home for the weekend, had a bag of dirty washing in the boot of the car, which he got out, put it all into a sleeping bag he had and, and climbed in that. It was really a little smelly, but quite toasty. Mm. As soon as there's a sign of snow... The warm clothes are needed in the car as a precaution. Absolutely right. Yes, mm. absolutely right. Because it gets very cold at night where the engine's not running. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yes. Anyway, we've digressed slightly from not having anything to talk about this week. We uh, <laughs> seem to have uh, waffled. I don't even know how we got onto snow. To be oh, I do. We're talking about yes, that. We do. Yes, uh, the weather. Yes. <laughs> now we have a topic that's close to both of our hearts: mm. our best sandwich. Yes, food seems to feature quite a bit, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. I eat a lot of food, to be fair. So, favourite sandwich, Lippy? See, I don't have a favourite as in, like, one sandwich, but I have a, a favourite time for sandwiches, and it happens to have started this year now. It is the Christmas sandwich. Yes, good I choice. I love a Christmas sandwich. The Sainsbury's ones... The Tesco ones, the Aldi ones, they just do something slightly different every year, but you've got your turkey, your stuffing. Sometimes you get a pig and blanket in there. You can't, can't be. <laughs> your cranberry. Cranberry, uh, cranberry. Christmas sandwiches are my favourite. And this year, which I haven't been to try yet, I can't remember now if it's Starbucks or if it's Costa doing it. I believe it may be Starbucks have recreated the sandwich from Friends. You know, the Ross scene where he's like, my sandwich! Oh, that one. That sandwich. Yes. With the moist maker, so there's a slice of bread in the middle that's soaked in gravy. Ooh. I feel like that is going to be my favourite sandwich. Ooh, yes, I might have to try that. I definitely think a, a trip to. I'm going to have to look up to see which one it that, is. That would be useful before going. That would be. I of, believe it's To avoid bar. disappointment. Definitely. Interesting. So when do you reckon the first pre-packaged sandwich was uh, on offer? Um, let's go with 1830, 20. 1830, <laughs> 20. No, you're, you're a long, long way out. This is not the first sandwich. This is the pre-packaged sandwich that's sold in the supermarket. Yeah. No, it was 1980. 1980, Marks and Spencer's. Not that long ago. Uh, they did a variety of different fillings and it costs just 43 pence. 43? Oh, I'd eat a sandwich every day if they were 43 pence. Well, yes, possibly. But you've got to go and get it as well. No, I'd own Deliveroo. Uber Eats. 
they can come to me. Okay. <laughs> I'll pay that delivery fee if it's only 45p. <laughs> now, I have a, a slight confession to make after many, many years of eating sandwiches and probably a few too many as well, is I quite like a cheap cheese and onion sandwich. The, Shut up. The 99p ones. They are one of my favourites, and Chris always says I'm such a weirdo for liking them. Oh, there, there's something about them. I don't know what it is. It's something about the cream in it, because they yeah. sort of cream the cheese up slightly, mm. sort of mix it up with a bit of something and a bit of onion in there. And I just think they're glorious. Oh, they're, they're simple, they they're great. tasty. Uh, they may be nutritious. I know where I get it from now. Because I love those sandwiches, and everyone thinks I'm a weirdo. Because they're well, you're not. They're quite. Yeah, well, you are, plain. but you're not. <laughs> <laughs> not the only weirdo. <laughs> not not the only weirdo. I I was watching um, a video on social media this afternoon, and it had a sandwich they made by cutting off the crust of the bread, white bread. Mm. Uh, there must have been about four or five slices in the line. A little bit of mustard on there. The Swiss cheese with the holes in. Thinly oh, yeah. sliced, bit of ham on there. Then they cut it into lengthways, mm. and then rolled it all up, Ooh. and then rolled it on top of the other half. And then there was, I think, another two rounds of that, so another four layers of this, and it fitted in a cake tin. Dropped it in the cake tin, mixed up an egg uh, with a little bit of milk and salt and pepper. Dropped that in over the top, bunged it in the oven for a bit. Then they made up a bechamel sauce with Swiss cheese, bung yeah. that over the top, and then some more Swiss cheese on top of that, that and put it in the oven for uh, twenty minutes or so. And, it, and they brought it out, and it looked. Fantastic. I bet it did. That sounds very oh. over the top for a sandwich, though. It, well, it is a little bit involved, you know. If, you, if you're hoping for a fifteen-minute lunch break, then it's not that. Bit, that's not yeah, what you're that's, having. That's that's not it at all. Not oh, that it does at sound all. good, though. does sound good. I, I remember quite clearly the 80s when I worked for a company in Croydon and there was a sandwich bar opposite and they would make the sandwiches to order. There was none of this uh, pre-made ones. And I think I've got a photo look and I'll stick it on Instagram. Got there. <laughs> I'll That's put it on. moment. I'll put <laughs> it on the line. I'll put it on Instagram and it's got lines and lines of pre-made sandwiches, I think probably from the 70s from from a sandwich shop but anyway this shop in Croydon used to make them and they did the most glorious ones with mm. uh, salami in it and really good salami and the, the guy in there um, who was so he'd be he was a call order chef basically so he was cooking other stuff always had an Italian accent until this fracard started in the cafe one day and he shouted with a massive East End London accent so he <laughs> he had been truly rumbled <laughs> To make it more exotic. You know? really, yeah, but again then, I mean, that was 84, I think 83, 84. You could have two sandwiches and have change out of a pound. But then salaries weren't as high, so... Mm. Cherries, cherries. Yeah. That does sound good, though. does sound good. Nothing beats a good sandwich. I'll be making sandwiches on Thursday, which will be yesterday. We're having a picnic. Having a chilly for a picnic. Yeah, it is. But it's meant to be sunny, so coat, a jumper, be alright, see what happens. But anyway, we're having bacon, brie and cranberry on sourdough. Very nice. Mm. On freshly baked sourdough as well. Very, very nice. Mm, I'm looking yes. forward to that. Yes, that is a connoisseur's choice of sandwich. 
And the, the other thing that splits people is how do you cut your sandwich? Do you go diagonally? I I would go diagonally. You see, I, I go across. Um, but I think because it's diagonal, then you're holding all the filling in the sandwich so none of it drops out because where you're holding pinches the two sides and then the bottom holds together better. No, you see, I disagree because if you're holding one end, the other end's flapping around and if you've got loose, if you've got a crumbly cheese, you've got bits falling out all over the place. What do you mean one end? You're not holding one end. You're holding well, both sides. Well, it's a triangle. The side that's open is the bit that's in your mouth. Yeah, you see, I think... And then you can I think, eat the corner. Uh, also, corner. I find getting the mouth... And I don't know whether it's the container <laughs> or it's the shape, but getting the mouth of the container can be tricky and you can lose quite a bit of content. You can, it. yes. I do agree with that bit, to be honest. And there are some places I've been to that will have rectangular cut sandwiches i can't think where i've had those but even with rectangular cut ones they're not easy to get out of the container uh, oh the thing is the rectangular ones tend to be in paper bags rather than plastic containers that is true which makes it a little bit easier mm. so whilst i don't like a triangle so it's half a sandwich yeah because i do think that wherever you hold it something's going to fall out Mm. It's, you've only got to hold it at both ends and generally if you're doing something because you're having a sandwich because you're in the middle of something you, you, your other hand's doing something else but it's holding the packet it's I find it a bit tricky if things fall out so which is why I don't particularly like them but a quarter triangle I think is better than a quarter rectangle yes but you know that's because a quarter triangle has the same bottom as the half rectangle and a quarter rectangle has the same point as a triangle that made no sense whatsoever yes it did so you think so you cut a quarter triangle in half the crust bottom is a straight line so you can hold it with one hand yes. on a straight line yes but absolutely you cut the rectangle in half again and the, the bit the crust is then the triangle shape yes i think i see what you're saying <laughs> possibly so then it goes they switch back to the ways you don't like it yes oh i do like a quarter sandwich though i, I know it's like quite a childish thing but no we well, see you get them with enjoy um, it. when you have an executive lunch come in and there's, oh, yeah. there's trays you can have of lots of sandwich. different ones. Yes, well, that's that's the advantage of the quarter size one. Mm. Is you can have lots of different ones, um, but for some reason, they I suppose it's because you can see more of the filling. So if they're laid out on a tray, you can see the filling, what and you know are. you're not being. The thing about the half size triangles is, I feel mm. you sometimes get a little bit cheated because the, all the filling is in where you can see it in the, the middle packet, bit, yeah. in the middle bit, and then you look at the the back of it, and it's bread. It's more bread, and I did see that on an episode of The Apprentice a few years ago, where they were oh. filling the sandwiches in the middle and then cutting them, so they looked a lot fuller than they were. That's um, dodgy. Well, it's it's marketing, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's like buying a packet of crisps, and it's mainly air. You open it, and there's like this half the packet yeah. worth in the packet. Yes, absolutely. Yes, or things that settle. Like hot chocolate, for example, settles mm. in transit. I assume it was full at one point, but. Um, but I think we've digressed from the filling to the method mm. of transport because I don't think there's anything better than a homemade sandwich. No, I do love a homemade sandwich. And you get to put your own little bits in it. And you can make it how you how you like. 
mm. which I think is what makes is it special. All, all time favorite filling. Oh, that's a really tricky one. You see, Not I quite combination, like just individual filling. Individual filling. I would go for the bread would have to be a hand cut. Uh, farmhouse bread mm. so nice fresh fairly thick slices with butter mm. out of the fridge so it's quite cold obviously cheese and then fresh onion i've been eating that the last few days yeah i, I think that's the perfect combination the best filling is cheese without a doubt cheese has to be in every sandwich or should be in every sandwich there isn't a sandwich that wouldn't do better with cheese there isn't is there no I'm trying to think of one. Apart from a sugar sandwich. Why wouldn't cheese... Have you not eaten cheese and chocolate together? Not cheese and sugar. And sugar sandwich, I think, is a thing of the past. I yeah, I was going to say, I don't know what that is. It sounds well, it's a, a sandwich with sugar. It is weird. I don't think I've had more than one bite of I would one, still put was... cheese in that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you would. But then you probably wouldn't have the sugar sandwich in the first place. So True. That's, that's okay. I, what about a toasted sandwich? Oh... I do miss that. We had you have a toasty maker, and I used to always make a toasty. I like a cheese and coleslaw toasted sandwich. Cheese and coleslaw is very good. Mm. But it gets a bit warm. The coleslaw. Mm. Well, I quite I quite like that. As long as the coleslaw is not on the turn, because then hot on the turn coleslaw is um, <laughs> it's very tangy. Is a yes, a little bit on the nose. Whenever I come to visit, Mum always gets extra pots of coleslaw because. I demolish coleslaw. I will eat like just a bit of cheese with coleslaw and then a bit of ham, and the ham will be like the bread. Yeah. I'll make a coleslaw and cheese ham. Well, that's sandwich. a fake. Well, that's a fake sandwich. There's no bread. Still a sandwich though. If you've got something between two other things, isn't that a sandwich? Mm, what makes a sandwich a sandwich? Well, that's a good question. That is a good question. Well, according to the Oracle mm. or Wikipedia, as it's more commonly known. A sandwich is a food typically consisting of vegetables, sliced cheese or meat, placed on or between slices of bread. Oh, so vegetables. I, I, I yeah, have that, vegetables in my sandwiches. Uh, well, I suppose you do with coleslaw because that's vegetables. That's a good point. Cheese and onion. Onion is a vegetable. Onion is a vegetable. I think uh, I've spoken too soon there, actually. I think, I think you probably had. Lettuce. Is that a vegetable? I... I suppose it is. I don't really know, to be honest. I like a good bit of lettuce in my sandwich. Oh, anyway, crunch. in conclusion, mm. we have to say that cheese is the best filling. Cheese is definitely the best filling. Which is not really a great surprise. No. And the bread has to be fresh. Always. Always, Always fresh. fresh. And if, if you're on the move, a cheap and cheerful cheese and onion Sarah fits, fits the bill every time. It does. That it does. We found something about sandwiches.com whilst we were looking at um, the our favourite sandwich, which is a cheese, cheese um, and onion, yeah, cheese and onion mix. Mm. And this website is does some fantastic sandwiches on there. It's if you love a sandwich, it's well worth a look, and we'll definitely be doing a cheese and onion sandwich combo over the Christmas holidays. As you definitely. Might. That, together. there's a few on there i want to give a little go at some of the toasty ones look amazing as well there was like a jalapeno fried cheese grilled thing and oh my god it looks so yummy that does sound good 
Mm. And actually, talking about um, toasted sandwiches, our very old sandwich toaster, of course, does triangles, half oh, size yeah, triangles. Does, but of course, it, stuff doesn't fall out, so you no, can eat sealed. it sensibly. This mm. is the root of my problem with it, is stuff falls out of the sandwich. Yeah, you're right. just a bit of a. It's, weird it's not a shape thing, it's a falling out thing. Mm. So that's okay. Now, as we get into the end of November, many people's minds will be turning to uh, churning out a number of Christmas cards to friends, families, and pets, apparently, which is something I don't quite understand. Yes, absolutely. That does seem a little odd, but whatever floats your boat, I'm not going to (laughs) judge. No. That might surprise you to find I'm quite a fan of the Christmas card. That does, actually, because I always remember it being a very stressful process in our household. It has been in the the past, and the reason for that is it was left to the last minute. Yeah, always. So we were basically putting them through the letterbox, or through the postbox, rather, the last possible day. Mm. Uh, But we didn't do that last year. Um, Somebody took charge. You were assuming over. Yes. (laughs) And uh, we had them all out in, well, I think by the 1st or 2nd of December, which Mm -hmm. meant you could just get, well, drink gin for the rest of Christmas. Yeah, the rest no of December and, and everything was okay. But I am a fan of them. And I, I know a lot of people don't, and they send E ones, which are possibly more environmentally friendly. I feel it's it's a little bit like postcards, really, which have you know, absolutely died of death. Mm. Um, I did actually send one on holiday this year, but I haven't sent one for many, many years. But Christmas cards, I feel you quite often get them from people i mean particularly this year where we've not seen anywhere near the same number of people as you would have done normally. Yeah. so as you get older you, you your circle of friends is quite large but geographically they tend to be quite spread apart yeah uh, for various reasons and you know, we've done trips with other people so you tend to pick up friends who are miles and miles away that you, you see on a very infrequent basis so receiving a christmas card i think is quite quite nice Obviously, this year, no glitter. Because no you can't recycle them. And oh, two of the big supermarkets, I think, have removed glitter from their cars, which is good. So, so the person that sends glitter as well is it's a bit sneaky, isn't it? Because well, as soon as you open that card, there's glitter everywhere. It is. It's on your hands, it's on your sofa, yeah. it's in your dinner. <laughs> yeah. We have, we have had something in the past where the glitter has gone everywhere, and I've been at work in the office... And it's there. It's it's arrived there somehow. So. <laughs> I feel like that's the year Mum got glittered wrapping paper. That's the year. Yes, that's the one. It was glittered yeah. wrapping paper, and oh my gosh, it honestly just it's just everywhere. Well, bizarrely, the only thing it didn't stick to was the paper. <laughs> yeah, it drops it's off everywhere the paper, else. Just it? not the paper. That's not the fun of glitter. You don't get glitter for it to stay in the same place. I did a bit of research into Christmas cards. Uh, there was a 2018 Royal, May, Royal Mail study, uh, which suggested they'd had an 8% drop in letters that year. Mm. But they claim not in Christmas cards, which is interesting, because I would have said we get fewer cards than we did, say, five, six years ago. It's because you have no friends anymore. That might be the cause, actually. That's very, very true. Quite, you lost all your well. friends. Yeah, have no friends. And uh, first and second, tenth uh, of December, are the most popular posting days, which is interesting because I would have that said is. it was the first of December and the last possible. It's the twenty third. Yeah, twenty third. I don't know what it is for first class. It probably is twenty second or twenty third. Mm. Yeah, so that came very a bit of a surprise. 
So yeah. when when do you think the first Christmas card was made? Oh, I'm not good at these. The first Christmas card, 1830. Now, you won't be able to see this. Lippy was raising her eyebrows up and down in... I don't know whether she was sort of sending some semaphore signal. Am I, was, I anywhere in the right place? I was place? hoping that there would be a... Or a thumbs up or down yeah, to let well, me know. It's definitely a thumbs down. Oh, no. Interestingly, it was 1611 is the first instance of it, uh, sent by a Michael Mayer to James I of England. Oh, wonder why. Who's, who is this Michael Mayer? I'm interested now. Well, he was obviously just well, trying to make a good impression. Maybe he was trying to court him. Possibly some form of lobbying mm. going on. But really the first commercial cars as we, we know them was 1843. So you weren't far off. So I wasn't that far off. I wasn't that far off. Uh, no. Commissioned by Sir Henry Cole, uh, because he had basically too much mail to get through, and he thought, wouldn't it be a great idea if somebody else did a bit of work for me and printed up a card? I could just go, thanks, or <laughs> Christmas, happy birthday, that sort of thing. So they were illustrated by John Cullot Horsley. Uh, interestingly, this was on the 1st of May, 1843, so... Presumably he didn't really think about Christmas at that point. No, he's just thinking about a card. Just thinking about the card. Interesting, Cole helped introduce the Penny Post three years earlier, so I wonder if this was a mechanism for him getting some more revenue through. Mm, possibly. A bit yeah. of insider trading, possibly, yeah. from the Christmas card front. In terms of volumes, how many Christmas cards do you think were sold in 2008? So that's 12 years ago in the in, UK. In the UK. In the UK. 12 million. Wow, you're a long way off. Am I? High or low? 668.9 million, apparently. Oh my god, that's a crazy amount. It is a crazy amount, but it's one of those odd sort of exponential figures, isn't it? Mm. If you think about it. Yeah. Because if everybody receives, you know, you think, well, actually, there's only 60 million people. But actually, if if everyone receives 20, 30 cards. Yeah, you're still not. Very close to that, but it's no. sort of an average of 100 cards. That's what it says here, and it's Wikipedia, so it must be right. And also, to be honest, just because you buy the cards doesn't mean you necessarily send them, because you buy them in packs normally. That's very true. And so, yeah, so you might buy a whole load one year and not the next year. Or you yeah. might buy them in the sales, of course, which is yeah. what, uh, what we Yeah, do. just because they've been sold that year doesn't mean that they've been sent. Indeed not. So, really, to round up Christmas mm. cards... I'm all in favour of them. I think this year in particular, with people being isolated, it's a very nice thing to do if mm. you can, is to send a Christmas card. It's getting obviously more expensive with posts going up. Yeah. Uh, which is which is a bit of a shame. So the cost per card is probably high. But it'd be an interesting thing to track, a little bit like Mars Bars. A couple <laughs> of weeks ago, we said um, were an uh, indication of economic growth. Yes. Or cost the small cars as it mm. were then. So maybe maybe the Christmas card and post is. Well, maybe yeah. we'll do a bit of research into that for next year. Well, in my opinion, I think a Christmas card is a lovely gesture. But as a younger person, I don't know anybody's addresses. Well, that's an organisational thing. It's also an asking thing. I'm going to have to go and ask everyone before well, don't I you have, post them. Don't you have people... How do you know where they live? I just turn up at their house. I don't know their address. I just know where they live. Dear, oh dear. Yeah. But what do you put into SatNav? I don't usually use a SatNav. Oh, that's, that's good to hear. That's something. I just I know where I just know where my friends live. 
Well, that's going to be an awkward conversation, isn't it? I'll just take a, what's your address? It's not I, all, always on my like friends' group chats if we're going around to... Well, not any time recently, but going to someone's house and somebody has to drive there, that they're always asking what their address is. I don't think to don't write it down. don't know addresses anymore. Oh, I can't be able to scroll back through my messages. Well, no, you use, you use the contacts in your phone. And save it, but what if they move? Well, then you change it. Yeah, just... Just don't know people's addresses. Actually, that is one of the things I feel slightly guilty about at Christmas is the fact that we have a set of labels that we print off and then mm. stick them rather than hand write all of the envelopes. But we do have somewhere in the region of 50 that we send out. Yeah, that's too uh, many I'm, to yeah, hand Yeah, I'm not going to do that. One year I did make up a um, printing, like a John Ball printing kit. I remember the reviews you got from that. They were not good. <laughs> No, I might do it again this year just to remind people that uh, that we do have that. <laughs> so, last posting dates for Christmas in the UK. Friday the 18th of December for second class. Mm. And Monday the 22nd of December for first class. Ooh. So, if if you've got to go and find your addresses before you send them, I'll get going. I'll just pop them through their letterboxes. And, and I might just get you guys to sign my name on the bottom of yours. No, <laughs> well, you've moved. That's it. You're off. No. So we had a break last week, Lippy, with uh, top tips and Grumpy's facts. We so did. what's your top tip for this week? My top tip for this week is if you don't like ironing, get fat and watch the creases stretch out. That is a top tip. That is. And I feel like with lockdown, it's a viable solution. It is. I guess it depends on how much bigger your clothes are. True. True. But, yep, good top yeah. tip. My fun... No, it's not a fun fact, is it? It's a grumpy fact. It is quite fun. <laughs> so we talked about the ISS last week. So really, this should have been in last week's one, but we mm. waffled on about camping for so long, we didn't have time to do a <laughs> grumpy fact. So uh, here's one from last week. So astronauts aboard the International Space Station change their underpants every four days. What? Well, I can only imagine they do one day on, then take them off and turn them around. <laughs> And then take them off and turn them inside out, and then turn them round again on the fourth day. Oh, that is a fun fact. It is a fun fact, unless you're on the ISS, when it mm. must get a bit whiffy. You may, it's a smelly fact. Well, possibly, but maybe in space they don't sweat. Possibly. So that's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I would like to thank our sponsors. However, we don't have any. If you're enjoying our rambling podcast and can spare a few pennies to help with our hosting costs, please head over to patreon.com forward slash lippy and grumpy and also leave a good review or a bad one. If you have a topic you'd like covered, please leave us a message via our website, lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Goodbye.